And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, great to have you with us today. Uh, lots coming up on the show. But before we get to that, uh, you know, Wilson, I asked you about shopping last week. Like, I was serious. Like, supplies? Have you been looking I around? I know. Are no, you? definitely. Uh, I, and, you know, well, we're doing our 60 gifts in 60 minutes, so yeah, I'm so checking that good. to see how many yeah. bottles we can... And I'm working on, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm, I'm coming out with a column. I, I never know because they're so far ahead. I think it'll be another week from now. But I've found, uh, amazingly, I've found 25 wines under $25. Oh. And they are, they are exceptional wines. And I'm sort of talking about uh, uh, how people shop today. People want to get in, get out. Getting, you know, they shop online, buy and get in, get out. So, yes. But I don't shop like that. I go in the store and I wander the aisles and I might spend 30, 40, 50 minutes looking for that special wine where the price, uh, the value exceeds the price by, you know, twice or whatever. So I found 25 wines like that in the BC Liquor Store, all available with the price confirmed through the end of November. So uh, people I'll can look look for that list at the Vancouver Sun uh, in about a week's time. I'll look for that uh, in my inbox tonight, Tony. Yeah, Thank it'll you be good much. for shopping. Uh, and also, uh, the Victoria Wine Festival is back on, Casey. Uh, they're limiting capacity to 50% this year to keep it safe. And they got a whole schedule of events from November 14th to the 20th that you can uh, check out at VICWF. I guess that's Victoria Wine Festival, VICWF.com slash events. Uh, there's wine dinners, Northern Italian dinner at Zambri's. That I could know, be fun. It's a very good restaurant. Masterclass, uh, Argentine, Malbec, and beyond uh, will be part of that. And then there's some grand tastings as well. Uh, but it's just kind of nice to see these these events trickling back in. Uh, kind of fun to start talking about real events with real people also <laughs> and real some, wines. Some good seminars, one on modern South Africa and one on natural wines. Oh, God, natural wines. Don't get me going on oh, that. Oh, I know. I had to bring yeah, that up, didn't Natural I? wines, boy. All righty. Uh, let's talk about today's show, uh, coming up on today's show. We're going to speak with Mary McDermott from Township 7 about her sparkling wine program. I think they're up to five sparkling wines now, Casey. I know. Including I'm so the release of Sirius. Yeah. And Sirius is a wine, you know, we, we visited that winery. Uh, we've done a couple shows there over, over the last couple of years, and we've been tasting Sirius samples, but now it's finished. It's been on its lees for five years in the bottle. It's being released uh, people, you should line up to get that wine. It's going to be a good one. Uh, we'll also head to the Naramata bench. We got big news from the Naramata bench today. We'll be speaking with Jeff Martin about that. Uh, you won't want to miss that. Really important uh, news. Uh, and then, Casey, uh, we're going to talk pizza, hand-tossed hand pizza. <laughs> yes. And you can, this is David Hawksworth, and you can buy it frozen in wow. grocery stores and, of course, at his Bell Cafe. Yeah. Okay, and coming up next, Emily Falconer, Chief Winemaker at Vina Carmen. She is waiting for us in a vineyard, so we uh, you know, we have to get going, Casey. There's no more to talk about anyways because I'm going home to drink sparkling wine right after this show. Let me see if I can get a, uh 
Evo car and get over there. All right. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. As someone who is starting or adding to their wine or spirits collection, you recognize your choice of a reputable supplier is paramount. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers buyers a safe and inexpensive way to initiate or enhance their collections. Their experts in the field and all of their offerings are meticulously sourced from private sellers across Canada. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Experience award-winning wines at Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. The tasting room is open daily from 11 to 6. Elevate your experience with a black glass blind tasting. Want something more intimate? Book a private varietal-specific stemware tasting. For VIP treatment, join the Crush Club. Membership includes regular wine shipments, 15% off purchases, early access to new releases, and free premium experiences. Don't forget, Miradoro Restaurant is also open daily. For reservations and more, tinhorn.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. I can see my whole world changing. Hello, British Columbia from Vancouver to Fort St. John and all the cities in between here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Our first guest today is Emily Falconer. She's the winemaker at Vina Carmen. Uh, and we've caught up with her today in the Maipo Valley. She's actually in a vineyard in Chile as uh, spring is about to uh, to spring, I guess, in Chile. How are you, Emily? Hello, Anthony and Casey. Thank you for having me. Hey, it's today. great to have great to have you on the show. I know you were here. You were at the uh, the wine festival in 2020. Maybe it was was it one of the last places you visited before COVID? Yes. It was definitely the last place I was, uh, and I was quite scared I wasn't going to be able to come back into Chile. It was just uh, the beginning of March, so uh, then everything went quite bad, and so that was the last trip. And you jogged Stanley Park. Uh, Yes, I'm a very, very keen uh, jogger, and I was recommended to go to Stanley Park, and I think it's probably the most beautiful run I've had in my life, so (laughs) I loved it. We love to hear that. We we yeah. sure do. Uh, well, there's no <laughs> doubt you're a woman, Emily, and it's a, it hasn't been an easy run for women in the wine business. But in Chile, like I've been going there since the early 90s, I always thought there was more women involved in wine in Chile. Is that the case today? Yes, it's funny you mentioned that right now because I am in Michael Valley and I'm having lunch with a group of women winemakers and we're about 
11 today together, but there are about 200 or more women winemakers. So um, we get this question a lot, but there are a lot of us here and and working in this. uh, I would say at university, we're 50-50 in in percentage. So you're starting to to become a plague. No. (laughs) Yeah, that's fantastic. Which is is great. And, And it's really... It's fun. We were actually just talking about it, how difficult it was in the 90s. I've, and with, you probably know them, Cecilia Torres, Marilu, Marin. They are mm. uh, part of the, the first women winemakers. And they were telling us stories about when they were just them two in these meetings of men and only them and how difficult it was. But today, actually, it's, we, it's become much more inclusive and, and, and easy for us. You know? Yeah. Yeah, we're good, to we're hear. getting to the point where it's going to be difficult working with uh, male winemakers. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's always been that, yes. Casey. Uh, let's talk about it. I want to uh, mix a couple of wines in with your philosophy. I know that you're very big on terroir, and you 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 think that uh, every wine should have its place. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Something like that. But so we have a Grand Reserve, a Cabernet Sauvignon, and a Carmenere. What can you tell us about these two wines and how they? How they, where they come from, and how it fits into your philosophy. Well, uh, those are two very, very important wines for us. As you said, uh, I think us as winemakers, everybody's obsessed with terroir because we want, we think our place is unique, and we show it through our wines. And Gambacerba Cabernet Sauvignon comes from Alto Maipo, um, which is one of the most classical wine regions here in Chile, at the foot of the Andes. It's big mountain range that we have so over alluvial soils and and we really think it's a very special place um and it's being proved uh, not only by us our neighbors and everything it's a very good uh, appellation for for this grape variety um considering that garden is the most planted grape variety in the world i think that it's very site driven so how many come from very good places for, for the yeah. grape variety it's more specific and then you also mentioned Grand Reserva Carmener, that maybe the listeners, not all of them know this great variety because it's a very a lost great variety from Bordeaux and that we re- rediscovered in 1994 here in Carmen and Chile um, that we had it. And it's a very Chilean great variety now. Um, you know, we're the biggest uh, producer of Carmener. Um, and it's become very important for us. It comes from a valley called Aparta, which is very privileged. Yeah. Um, after producing it, I understand why they keep producing it in France, because I think it needs warmer climate, longer season. And after being a few times to Bordeaux, I, I think it really wasn't the right place. And I understand why they don't replant it after Phylloxera, you know. Yeah. Um, I think it found it, its place here in Chile, and, and we've, we've worked well, a lot on it since, since 1990. Yeah, yeah. Carmen Air, I mean, when I started studying wines in Chile, Carmen Air was, uh, people didn't even know what it was really. It was growing with Merlot, and so it was picked at the wrong time, and it was green and, and kind of nasty and leafy. And then once it sort of got separated out in the vineyards, things really seem to take off and and today i think people uh, understand that carmen air and chili is a great fit uh at the moment by the way this wine uh, is available in bc for an amazing price 16.99 which is just about a giveaway price uh for a wine that i would say is probably going to age comfortably in the bottle for five to seven years maybe more 
Yes, I, I agree with that. A lot of people ask me, what is the aging potential for these wines? And, and the answer is, we really think about these wines for them to be ready to drink when you buy them off the shelf. That doesn't mean that they don't have an aging potential. I mean, I, I would keep these wines um, with no doubt for five, ten years, and I, I'm sure they'd be fine and, and keep developing different aromas, structure, and palate. And, and I think they yeah. have a lot of life to them, both of them, you know. Our guest is Emily Falconer. She's the winemaker at Viña Carmen in uh, in the Maipo Valley in Chile. And Emily, you've worked in other areas of the world. You've worked in the U.S. and um, I believe in Europe. Yes, and New Zealand. Um, I think a lot of what, uh, young winemakers when we start, we need to go and see uh, different places. I think that's something that has changed the wine scenario here in Chile for us to have open doors to the world and see what's out there. Emily, uh, I think that the next time, because, uh, you know, for our listeners, of course, the harvest is uh, at the other time of the year, so you're available to move to the north to do a harvest uh, because nothing's happening at that time. Why don't you think about coming to the Okanagan Valley where there's really exciting stuff going on? And, uh, in fact, we have Carmen Air growing in the South Okanagan and doing pretty well, too, at this point. we kind of fun for you to come and work here on a, uh, for a harvest. Maybe, yes. Maybe that could be a good opportunity. I've been there to taste wine, but I haven't worked there, so maybe I should get my, my boots on and get over there and work a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I would love it. I love Canada. Uh, especially in British Columbia, I think it's amazing. Uh, such an amazing place. Emily, what is your favorite food and wine pairing? Well, I'm, I'm quite purist in, when it comes to food. Uh, I love eating. I'm very foodie. And, and here in Chile, um, we have very good seafood. Yes, you do. Um, because we have this very cold Pacific Ocean. Um, so... What type of food pairing? I think is nothing better than, than a very good, uh, uh, how do you say, um, seafood with, yeah. I don't know, some Chardonnays from Limari. Um, we, we're producing some Semillon, uh, some old vines uh, in the project. And so for me, that the pure uh, product with uh, wine is, is the best thing ever especially seafood. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, uh, Carmen has such a great, I mean, it's one of the oldest wineries in Chile, great reputation. Uh, you in charge now, a big focus on sustainability and, and moving forward in that way. Uh, it, there's almost like a rebirth in Chile, and we're excited to uh, watch these new wines as they come back out now uh, in, uh, you know, in the 20s, I guess we can say now. Uh, so it should be fun, and we can't wait to come down and visit you. And thanks for spending some time with us today. Now, thank you very much for, for inviting me to talk to you. That's uh, Emily Falconer. She's the chief winemaker at Carmen Winery in Chile. By the way, both of the wines that we discussed today, the Carmen Grand Reserva Cabernet Sauvignon 2018 and the Carmen Grand Reserva 2019 Carmen Air, are widely available in B.C. liquor stores uh, for our customers. Thanks so much, Emily. We'll catch up with you soon. Okay, great. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, Okay, up next, we're switching gears. We're going to talk pizza with Chef David Hawksworth. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network.
This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy. Red Rooster Winery invites you to a visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. Enjoy the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountains from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their new release Chardonnay Sir Lee, the perfect white to have on hand while you enjoy the views. Seated tastings are offered seven days a week, noon to five this fall. Come for the views, stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as $399,000. Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. But the boys in the better line. You're always talking about the boys in the better line. Hey, welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, Our next guest is an old friend, David Hawksworth of Hawksworth Restaurant in Vancouver. David, uh, thanks for joining us today. No, great to be here. Thanks, uh, it's great to be on. <laughs> yeah. Last time we talked all about COVID. This time we're going to start with pizza, which is kind of an yeah. amazing story, really. Uh, you've always done a great job with pizza at Nightingale, but uh, tell us a bit about this uh, this entrepreneurial move to get it out into grocery stores. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I, I ran into an old friend of mine, and her mother used to be a chef, and we were friends way back when, when I was like 18, 19. And her her mother, when we were opening up Nightingale, she goes, "Oh, you're you you finally got your pizza restaurant." And I was like, "What?" And she goes, "I have. It's all you could talk about when you're 18, is opening a pizza restaurant." So, um, <laughs> oh, that's a great story. I know. I and I yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was really sweet. She's lovely. So, um, but um, yeah, when uh, when everything kind of went dark um, during the uh, COVID, there. You know, we had this pizza oven that was, you know, everybody loves pizza. And that, you know, I was like, how do we utilize this more? What do we do? And and uh, I remember just watching something on Instagram about uh, some some guy down in the States. Uh, um, I don't know if you've heard of him from Barstool Sports called Dave Portnay, but he was out there doing uh, pizza reviews. And then he says, well, I can't go out anymore. I, I, I'm going to. All I can do is eat frozen pizza, and these people say it. This is the best frozen pizza there is, and 
and he gave it a great review and i was just like holy that we could do something like that with our situation and and that there is a real demand i think for you know like i i want to i love pizza i want to have a you know a, a slice with the you know a couple of salads not maybe not the whole thing you know but yeah i mean let's be honest i'll eat the whole thing but i'll you know i'm gonna i'd like to have some salad a little bit of protein or something like that and it's and it's you can't really do that with any of the current sort of options you can you know you could order from nightingale and and get takeout but i think after what how we've made this pizza and how we have done it this is a better product than actually taking it away from the restaurant um so it's uh and it's right in your freezer uh, it takes six, seven minutes to, to heat up. There's a nice, uh, you know, crunch on it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been good since we've started doing it. So we're up to maybe making, you know, four or 500 a day now. You, you said the magic question that I wanted to ask you because, you know, generally, uh, you know, people go in, they buy a box of pizza, it's frozen, they take it home, they put it in the oven and they bake it. But you, you bake yours. Is that correct before we get it or how do you Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we've, we've par baked them. We've, we've t- taken it to, uh, you know, about 75%. And so, you know, the difference between what we do and what everybody else does is that our dough is aged for four days, and so when you when you try that crust, you can there's a sourness to it. There's a um, uh, there's there's real flavor to it, and so you know if you're mm. gluten intolerant and all that kind of stuff, you can actually you know probably have a bit of that pizza to a degree because you know like sourdoughs, anything that's being fermented is is good is better yeah. for you anyway, and so um, uh, the the fermentation adds a lot of flavor and our pizza great david hawksworth of hawksworth restaurant is our guest and david the price is so reasonable that's what's really amazing yeah, yeah i mean you know if you, if you go to a, a restaurant you're paying you know in the 20s for a pizza and so um you know we want this to be uh somewhat accessible so uh you know you can you know, you, your kids have had a soccer game or a hockey game, and they need to eat something like right now before they go into a total conniption. Uh, so this is. Uh, <laughs> I thought my angry. mother was the only one who said conniption. <laughs> 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 That's so great. Uh, okay, so we'll come back to the pizza boat now. Let's talk about where people can get it. Where where are you distributing it, and uh, how how will they find it? Yeah, this is. Um, uh, right now we're in IGAs, we're in Urban Fairs, we're in Stongs, we're in uh, uh, Meridian Street Market, uh, Market Meats. Uh, we're in about 15 different stores. I think if there's a, we have a website we've just opened up. It's uh, nightingalepizza.com. Um, and uh, there's a list of, list of distributors there. And so we're really trying to sort of, um, you know, I, uh, you know, if you're going skiing, you got to, you know, uh, a little oven up in the, in Whistler, you know, you can take a few of these pizzas up there sure. and you can have your own little apres and, um, you know, yeah. uh, there's no stress about, you know, is it going to be good? It's going to be good. So. And don't yeah. forget Bell Cafe in the... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right downtown. <laughs> on the bus yeah, route. So, yeah, you can go into Bell Cafe on uh, on Howe and uh, Burrard. And uh, we have a freezer there. So we also do, like, beef bourguignons. We do mushroom soups. We do all of our laminated doughs there. So um, uh, I saw Mia Stansley from uh, 
uh, from a, a local newspaper. She uh, bought some recently, and uh, you know, like you know, at, before you go to the bed on a Friday night, you know, take the croissants out, put them in the fridge, let them kind of rise a little bit, put a little bit of milk on the top, uh, cream, and um, and just uh, an added glaze onto it. Take them off. Your house smells so amazing. Um, wow. You know, with that uh, freshly baked croissant, it's just uh, it, it's, it's incredible. So, Love and it. after being on air with Tony for a couple hours, I really like to stop <laughs> and pick up some comfort food like your tomato <laughs> soup and uh-huh. and grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, one of the things about pizza, Casey, is that uh, pizza for me is kind of like mushrooms. You can't go wrong when you open a bottle of wine. If you have mushrooms in wine or pizza in wine, that wine gets better. So you can buy any mm-hmm. sort of, uh, you know, uh, moderately priced red wine, add a slice of pizza, and the value of that wine just went up about 30%. And especially you can try our mushroom pizza, too. So there you go. Yeah. That's it. Hey, uh, before we're out of time... Before we're out of time, Christmas Eve, Christmas dinner, what's going on at Hawksworth? What can people expect? Yeah, uh, I think we have a few seats uh, left, uh, so that's definitely, if, if we're full, I know the Wedgwood Hotel, uh, I, I, I talked with them a little bit, there's a, maybe a few spots there, so uh, we, we usually fill up pretty quick. Uh, we have a menu, a Christmas menu that goes uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, um, uh, Boxing Day, so uh uh, we're we're going to be open, and uh, it's a great time. Uh, it's full, so it's a, it's a real sort of festive atmosphere. It's a, it's a great place to um, spend your holidays. And another great place to spend your holidays is at the West Coast Fishing Club, which I know you're a big <laughs> supporter, right? The annual Fishing for Kids tournament. Yeah, I w- yeah. Well, we were. I haven't done that one in a little bit now, but uh, our our. Our culinary program is really strong there. And last week, I called uh, David Leader, um, and uh, I think he'll be coming back again this year. And it was the strongest team I've seen up there in uh, in, in years. And the food was unbelievable. And we we had a um, uh, chef from uh, well, Adam Pegg from La Corcha. He's a, a great friend of mine. He did a night, um, and um, you know, I'd like to get some more people. Uh, you know, from uh, East Coast, maybe we'll get Michael Hunter out here from Toronto uh, to come and do uh, a dinner. And, we, you know, we've brought people like Nomad Laprie from Toke and a whole bunch of uh, Quebecois. Uh, so we'll, we'll see for next year. And there's, it goes by really fast. So if you're into fishing, if you really like, uh, you, know, um, you, know, you know, the culinary arts and whatnot, it's a great trip. Um, so talk to the West Coast Fishing Club about that, about the culinary trip. I was going to say the Quebec uh, chefs are are fun, aren't they? And they're very good cooks. Yeah, no. The, the, if anybody ever shows up and is like, "Oh, I'm from Quebec," I mean, they're instantly hired. They're uh, they're super talented, very humble, and uh, real pleasure to work with. And uh, you know, I made so many great friends. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was texting with uh, David McMillan from Joe Beef the other day. He's finding it very challenging in these. Uh, these times working with uh, in the environment we have. So is uh, yeah. everybody's. Uh, well, David, you've done a terrific job uh, hanging in there. The planes are yeah. landing again from overseas. Uh, I think the, we're going to see a few more tourists in town this uh, 
holiday season and into the new year, and I think there's light at the end of the tunnel, so it should be good news for uh, Hawksworth Restaurant and all your enterprises. Uh, really appreciate you joining us today on the show, David, and uh, hope you have a great holiday season. Okay, you too. Thanks, uh, thanks, Casey. Thanks, Tony. And thanks, everyone. I'm going. I'm going hunting for those pizzas as soon as the show's over. <laughs> David Hawksworth, the uh, Hawksworth Restaurant in Vancouver. Uh, he was telling us before the show, Casey, that uh, they don't really have any problems with people coming in now, showing their vaccine passport, and uh, getting seated down. So uh, people are uh, finally getting uh, smart about attending restaurants and doing it the right way. It's a very good feeling. Tony. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's give a special shout-out to our listeners on Vancouver Island on CFAX 1070. Thanks for listening uh, each Saturday afternoon from 3 to 4. And stick around. We have a little announcement about wine in Victoria coming up on the show. But up next, Jeff Martin, proprietor at La Friends Estate Winery in the Naramana Bench, joins us. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And this is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. There's more to come. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Overlooking a beautiful 12-acre vineyard in the heart of the Cowichan Valley, the Unsworth Restaurant welcomes you to get away from it all. Enjoy a delectable menu and award-winning wines in our dining room or outdoor patio. Unsworth Restaurant, vineyard dining where casual meets elegant. You can find Unsworth wines across BC. Look for us at your local liquor store. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. There are so many ways to experience the wines of Black Hills Estate Winery in Oliver, B.C. this season. Whether it's a weekend getaway to wine country or some early holiday planning, check out all of our new releases. Wine club members can enjoy exclusive benefits, including VIP wine experiences and access to member-only wines like our rare Carmenere with delivery to your door with temperature-controlled shipping year-round. For details and to book a seated wine experience, visit blackhillswinery.com. Old. Award-winning. Discover Gold. Our tasting room at Gold Hill Winery is open and ready to welcome everyone. Come explore our beautiful vineyard and reserve your unique and personal tasting of our exclusive small lot favorites. We can't wait to see you again and share our passion. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Claude de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Claude de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, British Columbia, and on the radio around uh, our entire network. Uh, whether you listen to us uh, live or uh, by podcast, we welcome you to the show. Uh, really excited to have the next guest on with us. Jeff Martin is the proprietor of La Friends Estate Winery. Uh, he's also uh, one of uh, many at the team at La Friends, who are now Canada's Best Performing Small Winery of the Year at the National Wine Awards. Jeff, uh, welcome back to the show. 
Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, uh, fantastic achievement. Now, I know you won this award, uh, I think, back in 2017, if I'm not uh, correct. And uh, to win it again, uh, it's got to feel pretty good, uh, that sense of consistency and and, uh, staying in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, like I've said before, you know, the bar in BC wine has been raised in my 28 years in the industry. So to win it a second time, but also... uh, you know the 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 awards we won across all styles and in such comprehensive competition was fantastic, but we've got a great group of people here, and I think this award is truly a recognition for their hard work. Yes, and how important are award programs, Jeff? And why do you you know why do you enter competitions? Well, well, because. Um, What I really like is when you put all the wines on the table, and if it's a true competition and it's judged blindly, which uh, some of them aren't, and some of them can can potentially have a political agenda, um, I enter wine awards because they're judged blindly and it's a comprehensive uh, judging, as this one is. Um, So we we see where the the pennies fall. We make great wines and... uh, and why not? We don't go in a lot of competitions. We have in the past, but we don't want to be recognised for just, you know, uh, the latest awards. Uh, we've got a very good uh, consumer base, and um, you don't want to be known sure. for the latest award. The latest award. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Jeff, I think we should tell our listeners a little bit about Le Friends because uh, you have a long history of making wine. You came out of Australia uh, many years at McWilliams, a highly respected winery. Uh, ended yeah. up in Napa, made a trip up to Quailsgate, had a nice stage at, at Quailsgate. But when you went over to the Naramata bench, I think there was like six or seven wineries there. Is that correct at the time? Or in, in, uh, it, was a, it was about that, yes. Yeah. What's yeah. happened since? <laughs> yeah, it's I think crazy. It's, it's what's happened in the – exactly. Um, yeah. I, was asked, I was asked by one guy one time uh, how many wineries are on the bench, and I said, I didn't check this morning. Uh, it's uh, it's it's uh, been like that, but I think the whole BC industry, has, as you you guys have witnessed, has just gone from strength to strength. I I would not have predicted 28 years ago when I came here for a two year working holiday. I would not have predicted. I saw nothing but potential in this industry, but I would not have predicted where we are today. It's and, phenomenal. Uh, Jeff, what made you stay here? Well, um, a whole bunch of things. Like I say, it was only going to be a two-year working holiday while it didn't affect my kids who were young at the time. Uh, You know, they were four and six at the time, four and seven. Um, But like I said, there was an opportunity in Canada at the time that just, you know, Canada's one and a half times the size of Australia or the population. Um, So there was an opportunity that was here that just didn't exist in Australia. Australia has to export most of its wines. Um, you know, with the with the small amount of production relative to the population here, plus Americans come up here to buy, you know, people from Seattle, yeah. Portland, they all come up here to buy a wine. So um, I saw nothing but potential, to be honest. And um, the Okanagan Valley is just a sensational place to live. I've travelled most wine regions in the world, and I think it's uh, one of the most beautiful and and, and the potential to make uh, phenomenal wines is, is really here. I don't think people actually believe that when I started 28 years ago. Yeah. Our guest is Jeff Martin. He's a proprietor at uh, the Friends Estate Winery along with his wife, Neva. Uh, we're going to talk about your daughter in a second. 
Uh, I looked at, uh, you know, your overall entries. Uh, you won two platinum awards, which is uh, rarely done, six gold medals, a bunch of silvers and some bronze. Uh, but what interests me is that the, the wines that you are producing are quite different, and yet they're all uh, they're all high quality. Now, if I was talking to somebody in Bordeaux or Burgundy, they'd be saying, I don't know, like how can you grow 10 different grapes and be good at it all? What is it about the yeah. Okanagan that, that, that you like that let, allows you to do that? Well, it's, 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 it's part of what the Okanagan can do. Like, yes, we have a pretty international, broad-spectrum style of winemaking, but we have six vineyards over 60 acres, and um, if you look at a Soyuz to Winfield, the lake district up there, that's entirely different just going north. But if you look at one side of the lake to the other, they're entirely yeah. different. One gets the evening sun, one gets the morning sun. Um, if you look at vineyards within a region, one vineyard can be facing south and the, and the other one facing north. Mm-hmm. You can't possibly grow the, um, the same grapes. So that's yeah. the reason that... You know, we try and make great wines. If we can't, if we plant a vineyard and a variety isn't isn't working as we expected, uh, it gets pulled out and replanted with stuff that is working. And um, you know, so to make to make one wine like Pinot Noir or Chardonnay in Burgundy is is just crazy. Um, or, or you know, some of the Bordeaux varieties. There's certain vineyards within the valley but do a whole range of things well, and particularly the Narramanda bench. It's got the broadest suitability for varietals uh, that I've ever seen. And, Jeff, you... And it's beautiful. It is beautiful. I mean, just the lake to be... It seems like every winery is almost connected to the lake, but... You have your daughter working, Elise, with you. How is that? Yes. Um, Is it difficult Um, to work with family? Well, we didn't hire her when she was young because uh, she still knew too much. (laughs) 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 But uh, (laughs) you always hire young people while they still know everything, right? Now she knows what you know. Now she knows what you know, which is nothing, right? And and more. <laughs> no, what's great is uh, she's been a great asset. You know, a lot of there's been a lot of successions, uh, you know, and in the wine industry. And this is the 22nd year of La Friends. But I worked for family, various family companies through my career, and I never wanted to dangle that carrot or expectation for family to come into the business. Um, so it had to be their idea. So we're so glad that she's come back in. She's she's running the vineyards. She's doing a fantastic job in that. Um, she's worked in vineyards. Both of our daughters have all through their, you know, through their teenage years. Um, she's there's not a piece of machinery in the wine or vineyard that she can't operate, and she can outwork anyone in the vineyard, including our Mexicans, which gains their respect. But um, yeah. she and she's just done a one-year course in uh, winemaking through Davis, California. Which she's got a great palate. She's been tasting wine since she was five years old. So I, she has really, you know, in blending sessions and that, she has a fantastic palate. And she's done the W set as well. So she's great. But we've got a great crew of people. Like you know, even Don McCosker, the winemaker, has been with me. He's the you know he's the hands-on guy. He's been with me seven years now. So. I think we've got a really good, solid crew that all want to do better, and I think that really is what, you know, from the ground up, from the vineyards, we're 97% estate-grown, meaning we grow our own grapes. Yeah. 
Um, we've got a, just got a great group, group of people that want to do better and they've all got an international perspective. So I think that's a big part of why we've won this award twice. And what, the, the other thing that I'm over the moon about is uh, the, the number one winery in BC. And considering the competition and the quality of wines that are out there, I'm just absolutely over the moon about this award. Yeah. Uh, I should have mentioned that off the top. Of course, yeah, you are. You were the the best performing winery in British Columbia as well. Yes. Small winery is yes. under ten thousand cases. Uh, let's let's mm-hmm. talk about the difficult part. Uh, your wines are so bloody popular; there are not that many around. So, how do people <laughs> how do people get into the La Friends uh, uh, wine cache? Yes. Well, this this as you know, this competition is late in the season. Um, you know, we do under 10,000 yeah. cases, although we would like to creep up a little more with, you know, with some variations in how we do things. But um, uh, the way to get our wine is to go on at this time of the year with 8,000 people on our mailing list. It's not easy. Um, you know, most things are sold out. They are out in some retail stores. If you go on lafriendswinery.com, you will see which stores have had stock, but there's no guarantee they're still in stock. Um, but Far and away, the best way is to um, go on to La Friends Wine and join one of our wine clubs, or at least join, um, if you don't want to commit to a wine club, which gets first dibs at the wines when they're released, pre-announcements, join the mailing list and and you'll be uh, emailed when wines are released. Yeah. Uh, Okay, that sounds good. Uh, and one last thing, I'd like you to talk a little bit about the liqueur muscat because that's such an unusual wine for some people who maybe don't know uh, what all that means. Yes. It's a fantastic wine, especially at this time of the year with the rain and the dark early days. And yes. what can you tell us yes, about that wine? Well, it's it's I I don't think there's anything like. Well, I know there's nothing like it in Canada, but it's not a typical wine that people know of. I've seen muskets produced in various areas of the world, but fortified mus- musket. It's like a, it's like a, uh, well, fortified meaning alcohol added. It is yep. sweet. It is like a port, but our benchmarks are in, are made in Rutherglen, Australia. They're super inky, rich. Inc- we started making these wines 20 years ago, and uh, we let it raisin on the vine. It is like chewing. It is so delicious and unctuous and rich. Um, it's a true Solera system, as I said, we, we started 20 years ago. But it's yeah. like chewing a mouthful of raisins while, that have been soaked in, your, in, your, in the best brandy possible. It's just, just a delicious wine. Yeah, and Casey, when you open it, you don't have to drink the whole bottle because it's already oxidized uh, over all those years, so it's, it can stick around That's for right. a while. Yeah. It's just full of, exactly, it's just full of musket flavors, rich brown sugar, cinnamon. It's just a, it is dessert in a glass. Oh, I you want don't it. need to pair it with dessert. Jeff, I want it for lunch. Is it in any restaurants in the city? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it could no. be, too. You yeah. should sit in front of a nice fire, a bearskin rug, and a good book to read. That's where <laughs> it's, that's good. its forte. I'll grab well, a Jeff, flight. I don't have that at home. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, uh, really, congratulations on the big win. Uh, it's it's just fantastic that you're back on top again uh, in less than four years, and not that you went anywhere else, but just to be consistent <laughs> and to be pumping out those great wines. Uh, I hope you enjoy the winter. And you get to, I don't know, do you get any time off or 
just keep well, going winter on? Well, winter is out. You know, our wine shop's closed now. So, as I said, I'm not involved into, in the day-to-day. I'm involved in blending and the overall direction of the company. Right. Um, so, yeah, we get we all get some downtime. You know, we between here and January, we'll be looking at blending and stuff like that. I've got a new vineyard we just called Deja Vu, so... Uh, which is closer between uh, us on the... It's still on the Narramatta bench. Um, I'll be sort of, you know, uh, planning and working with people about the development of that site, yeah. you know, planting, crops, all that. So um, while it's not as hectic as uh, I've, I've experienced in prior years, it's definitely plenty to do. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thanks so much mm. for joining us today on the show. Real pleasure to talk to you, and our uh, congratulations to the team. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Jeff Martin, proprietor, co-proprietor over at La Friends on the Naramata bench, uh, winners of the best small performing winery in Canada this year. Uh, kudos to them. Lots more still to come. Up next, Mary McDermott, winemaker Township 7, joins us on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Anthony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Casual, modern dining. Exceptional Okanagan flavor. Introducing the most anticipated new eatery in the Valley, 15 Park Bistro at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyus. Chef Nick Atkins and his team are ready to create an unforgettable dining experience for you, utilizing fresh local ingredients. 15 Park Bistro's lakeside patio with its unmatched views of Lake Osuyus is now open. Indoor dining available as well. For reservations and more, including full takeout menu options, visit 15parkbistro.com. You know you want it, so come and get it. The Modest Butcher invites you to happy hour every day from 2 to 4 p.m. On the menu, beers, cocktails, wine by the glass or half liter, and don't forget about the new appies. Also making a comeback, Tommy and Tannen Tuesday. Get their tremendously sized tomahawk steak with all the fixins and a bottle of their tomahawk-worthy vino for $180. For more details and to book, visit modestbutcher.com. Come and get it. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hello, British Columbia from Kelowna to Summerland and Penticton to Oliver Soyuz. We've got you covered in the Okanagan wine country on AM 1150 and Bounce Radio here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, Our next guest is Mary McDermott, winemaker Township 7. Uh, and Mary has launched a very ambitious sparkling wine program at Township 7 that we're going to talk about today. Mary, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, great to have you. I assume all the grapes are in the winery and the doors are closed and you're uh, taking, what are you, snoozing all day? Or what What happens post-harvest? <laughs> I wish <laughs> Maybe that not. was the case. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, everything is in. Uh, we managed to finish uh, mid-October uh, this year, which is early for us, uh, just as yeah. well with the way the weather's been. So. And Mary, and were, a there bit any, lighter. were there any problems getting pickers? 
Um, well, at our own Naramata estate, we had to pick everything ourselves, so it was just the wine team picking. So, yes. Wow. <laughs> wow. However, uh, in Langley, we had our club members help us pick, so we had about 40 people there helping us. Oh, that's nice. I think mm-hmm. that, that would give them a great connection to the winery, picking grapes. It really does, and a good connection to the wine. They're all excited when the wine comes out, so yeah, great. Okay, well, just before we get into the wines, you got a couple things going on on uh, December 2 to 4 in Langley, winemakers' dinners and sparkling uh, wine seminars. Uh, who who can attend that? So the they're mainly for wine club members. So the dinners are our annual Black Dog dinner. So we celebrate Black Dog every year in November, December. So it's a three-course uh, dinner with wine pairings, and we get to try some of the older vintages of Black Dog. Wow. And uh, we talk about that process. So that's on the Friday and Saturday night. And then uh, we also like to do uh, educational sessions for our wine club members. So we're going to talk to them about sparkling wine and why we age it uh, different lengths of time on Tourage. And what is, what is Black Dog? Black Dog is our original iconic red blend. So it was the wine that actually started our wine club. Uh, and uh, it's just our premium red blend. Hmm. Uh, and also a couple of open houses coming up for the holiday seasons, December 11 and 12th, at both wineries. For people who don't know, of course, you have a Naramata Bench Winery and uh, a winery in Langley. Uh, that's just kind of a Christmas drop-in sort of thing or a holiday drop-in? Holiday drop-in with uh, snacks and music, and uh, they're going to open some vintage wines, I would guess. Great. Well, today I wanted to talk about sparkling wine. You, you, as I mentioned earlier, have quite an ambitious program now. What, what can you tell us about the, uh, you know, where you're heading? Your thoughts are about it. You have several different sparkling wines. So, what, what is the thinking at Township Seven? Uh, well, when I started here, we really wanted to uh, develop a sparkling program. So, at present, we now have five different sparkling wines that we've wow. developed, and we have. One more that will be coming out early next year, and then we have some plans further down the road uh, for planting and so on to uh, extend that mm-hmm. kind of idea. Uh, so the five wines we have are quite different. Um, the, the premium one is called Seven Stars Sirius, which is 100% from our Langley estate. And then we have... A couple of aromatic sparklings. One's made from Viognier. It's called Seven Stars Vega. We have one made from Riesling called Rigel. We have the Polaris, which was our original uh, sparkling wine. And Mm -hmm. it is a Blanc de Blanc. And then we have a a Rosé, which is 100% from Pinot Noir. Yeah, that that's a pretty cool lineup, uh, uh, especially with a, a Vioni and a Riesling, uh, two different styles. That's kind of fun for people to taste. Uh, but let's talk a bit because I'm I'm when when you go there to look at buying these wines, one of them obviously the Sirius is 2015. That's an old bottle of wine, or is it? Well, it was from the 2015 vintage, and we put it in the bottle uh, early in 2016. 
And then we, it is old. Uh, it's in that bottle undergoing secondary fermentation and then left on the uh, yeast cells once they've finished their work for five years. Wow. And so that's going to add some complexity to that wine. Yeah, five years on the lees. That is impressive. That's the that's the number that a lot of uh, wine geeks love to hear when they're buying sparkling wine. That's the kind of thing you see in champagne for great bottles of wine. So are you happy with, with the way it looks coming out? I mean, it's kind of a gamble, but I know you're, you're probably looking at the wine all the way through that process. Yeah, we do taste it as we go through and, and uh, see how it's developing. And it is it's a interesting. It goes through phases even now that it's being disgorged in that sometimes it, there's more autolytic character than others. So that meaning that uh, brioche kind of bread smell that you can get mm. if it's been aged for some time on the leaves. So we wanted to develop that because the acidity from that Langley site is quite uh, linear. So we're rounding it out by leaving it on the leaves longer. Yeah, it's a wonderful wine, Mary. I'm uh, so impressed with it, and and uh, I think it's going to. Well, I think all of these wines are are resetting standards across British Columbia for sparkling wine, which is just fantastic. Uh, Casey, you you love Viognier, and a sparkling I Viognier, do. very impressive. That makes it makes sense to me. Does the sparkle sort of li- sometimes Viognier can be kind of not fat, but but heavier or richer? Does the sparkle help that out or? Yeah, I think that uh, we pick it slightly earlier when it hasn't developed that, which you get a lot in the table wine. So we get all those aromatic characters that we like in Viognier, and we add it uh, it's slightly sweeter than the other sparkling wines because we want to keep that aromatic character. And we also don't age it on its leaves as long to yeah. achieve that final result as well. I have two quick questions for you, Mary. One is, what's the best way to store sparkling wine once it's opened? And I also am curious about what you would like to pair with a, with your Seven Stars Polaris. Uh, well, once it's opened, you should drink it. Yes. <laughs> to be good, re- good, good response. <laughs> um, uh, generally, uh, if you have a proper uh, stopper for it, you can have it for maybe a day or two and we've had them in the fridge here and the mousse has held up but you know it's always best when it's just opened yes yeah and for pairings um i'm a big fan of oysters so oysters and sparkling it goes well for me Mm. the other uh, thing i like is i like a soft blue cheese yes sounds perfect Mm. (laughs) yeah uh, and it's so it's such a great time now for oyster season. So I, I to- totally agree. Getting the wines now. Seven Stars Club. You started Seven Stars Club, which is basically a club for sparkling wine. Which I kind of like the the uh, thought. Can I still join that club? Is there room, or how does that work? Yeah, there's still room. Um, we have uh, some packages still available. So the way it works is a package twice a year of six bottles of sparkling wine. Mm. So. For example, in this recent package, you would have got the five wines, and then we uh, doubled up on the uh, Seven Stars Rigel, which is the Riesling. Well, Mary, thanks so much for joining us today on the show. Uh, things are really taking off at Township 7. Folks, you can check it all out online at township7.ca. 
com or uh, visit the any of the wineries, either the one on the Naramata bench or the one locally here in Langley. Thanks, Mary. Thank you, Tony. That's Mary McDermott. She's a winemaker at Township 7. That's it for today's show. Uh, I think I'm just going to drink sparkling wine all weekend, Casey. How yes, about you? Yes, I'll, I'll be over, and, Tony. And we could, uh, oh, oh, I see. You're going to drink my sparkling I wine. I am. <laughs> all right. Okay, folks, have a great long weekend uh, drinking, like starting today, drinking sparkling wine till the end of the weekend. I'm Anthony Gaswandi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be back next week. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production.